This sermon is titled Purposes, Plans, Pursuits. Be enriched as you listen. Continuing on the theme from last Sunday, where we, we spoke about you know, daily habits and daily routines, I just felt that we, sh- we could uh, spend two Sundays talking on the subject of purposes, plans, and pursuits. Purposes, plans, and pursuits. So, you know, back in the 90s, the early 90s, especially the first maybe four or five years around that time, there was one message that I really loved to preach, and I preached almost everywhere I was invited to preach, and it was a message simply this, fulfilling God's purpose for your life. And everywhere I'd go, I'd just preach that same message. You know, God has a purpose for you, and you should fulfill God's purpose. And uh, uh, much of that, those sermons, we've, we've put it in a book called Fulfilling God's Purpose for Your Life. And uh, uh, it's available there. It's more in an outline form, and hopefully someday it'll, we will expand it and have it in an expanded form. And so we revisit that theme time to time. You know, go back and remind people. And also we have so many new people coming uh, worshiping here and, uh, you know, in our different locations. And so uh, it's nice to go back and revisit and remind people of that. God has a plan. God's got a purpose for your life. It's nice to do that. But over the years, looking back, I, I feel that there is something we left out in communicating that truth. Uh, yes, you know, when people hear that, and which we will do today, we will review a little bit on that. When we hear about the fact that God has a plan, God's got a purpose, you know, it really energizes us, it enthuses us, and, you know, fills us with a sense of purpose, excitement, all of that. But what I realized looking back is we really didn't talk about how do you practically pursue that? You know, how do you, how do you break it down? And Practically, as a believer, how do you go after fulfilling God's purpose? And so this is more a a message that is in retrospect saying, hey, I forgot to tell you something kind of message, you know. Uh, And so that's what I wanted to focus on in these two sermons is, yes, we'll do a little review. We'll remind ourselves that God does have a plan and a purpose. But what I want to do is I want to share uh, just how I tried to do it and with how I'm trying or I'm doing it. And I'm presenting, of course, it, uh, presenting that more as an example. Here's one way how you can break it down and begin to apply it in your life in order for you to personally pursue the purpose of God for your life. So that's the intent or the motivation uh, of these two sermons, to kind of help us break down this truth and see how we can apply it. But let's go back and let's reestablish or just remind ourselves that God is a God of purpose, plan, and design. So let's say this out all together. God is a God of purpose, of plan, and design. Let's look at some verses of Scripture. Now, you know, if you pick up that book at the back, there, there will be a lot of Scriptures on, on this theme, on the subject, and it's all expanded. Uh, it's given there. But we will look at a few. Um, let's go to Psalm 33, and we will look at verses 11 and 15, please. Psalm 33, verse 11. 
It says, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. The word counsel can also be translated, and then you can just look up the Hebrew there. So, uh, The word counsel can also be translated as the plan or plans and purposes. So the, the counsel, meaning the plan, the purpose of God, stands forever. It is established. God is not going to say, oh, no, I made a mistake in the plan yesterday. Let's revise it. Let's update it. Let's say, I'm sorry. No. The plan, the counsel, the purposes of God stands forever. And the purposes of his heart toward all generations. The purposes of God. Uh, again, you can look up that Hebrew word, the purposes of God, and uh, it really simply, it simply made, uh, the, the plans of, of his heart, it simply means thoughts and designs. So these, this verse tells us several things. First of all, it tells us that God is a God of plan. The plans of God. So God is a planning God. It means he looks through time. He determines what he's going to do ahead of time. He has plans. The plans of his heart. And it goes on through generations. Meaning, you know, sometimes some of us look back and say, Yeah, you know, my grandfather, wow, what a call of God. What a call he had on his life. He lived such a life of purpose and he did such wonderful things. Uh, but, you know, me, I'm just kind of rolling through life. <laughs> we, we speak as though, you know, they had a purpose, we don't. No, no, no. Look at that scripture. The plans of his heart for all generations. One version says from generation to generation. That means God's got his plan for you, for your generation. Not just the generations behind, for you, for your generation. God's got his plans for you. And then you look at verse 15, Psalm 33, verse 15. It makes it very personal. Here it says, he fashions their hearts individually. He considers all their works. Now he's talking about God and people. And what does it say about people? He fashions, that word fashion has the idea of shaping, forming like a potter. He fashions your heart. The heart meaning the very core of your being. The center of your person. It includes your mind, your will, your intellect. God designed your person. It means you were designed by God for His purposes. Each one of us are uniquely designed by God. We are, we are different. Now you've got certain inclinations and uh, as, you know, gifts and things that you do well. and You are uniquely designed by God. He fashioned your core. He fashions their hearts. And then He watches what you're going to do. Are you listening? So you've been uniquely fashioned by God. God has got a plan. He's got a plan for you. And then he's also fashioned you uniquely. And he's watching what you're going to do. So our God has a plan and a purpose. So we could, you know, make these statements. God has a purpose for your life. Why don't you tell your look at your neighbor and say, God has a purpose for your life. Look at them and tell them, God has a purpose for your life. 
God, look at them once more and tell them maybe they need to hear this. God designed you for a purpose. Right? Your inner core, who you are, God designed you for that. He designed you for a purpose. Psalm 139 is, is well known, but I'd just like, to, like for us to look at it again. Psalm 139, verses 16 and 17. Psalm 139 Verses 16 and 17. Notice what these verses say. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me. When as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Now, understand that the psalmist is using pictorial language to speak to us. So, whether there is a literal book in heaven or not, that's not the issue. Whether your life is written in chapter 32, and <laughs> that's not the point. The point is that Almighty God knew all the days of your life even before you were formed, even before you took your first breath of air, all the days of your life were known to God. And that's why Psalmist puts it like this, you know, all the days of my life were written in your book. Now, it doesn't really matter whether it's a literal book or not. That's not the issue. The point that he's getting across is God knew. He saw the end from the beginning. Amen? God's got a plan for your life. Or you can communicate it like this. God has a dream for your life. And you are God's dream waiting to be fulfilled. Amen? You are God's dream waiting to be fulfilled. Because He saw the entire length of life, he saw it even before we were formed and born into this world. So God's got a dream for your life. Now, you know, back in those days when primarily I was ministering to young people, that was exciting. Now, some of you are probably sitting and saying, Pastor, 70% of my life is already gone and I'm hearing this now. <laughs> you know, listen. Whatever length of life is in ahead of us, that's what matters. Let's live that well. Amen? We can't do anything about the past. But whatever is in front of us, let's live that with purpose and let's do something. And God is bigger than time. He can compress into time what may have taken 50 years to accomplish. He can do it. So if you and I just get in there, He can unfold something beautiful out of our lives. So don't worry about the past. Let's understand things now and seek to do well in the days ahead of us. So God knows uh, what he has for us. And, you know, we can extend this thought from a personal level. You can extend it for your family. God has a purpose for your family. We can extend it to the local community, local church. God has a purpose for us as a church. Amen? Amen. You know, in this uh, Chris, recent Christian Leaders, the conference that we had last week, uh, uh, we've had a few pastors who'd come. They came from different parts of the country. And I was wondering, you know, they came all the way, you know, from uh, Mumbai, from, there's somebody here from Bihar, uh, Orissa, uh, 
other places, I think even Kathmandu and others, they came. Now, some of these pastors came just to tell, to say thank you. Because they said, and you remember during COVID, this was, I think, uh, 2021, and we continued in 2022, but the main work was done in 21. Uh, we ran the COVID relief project. And we, we, uh, we as a church, we sent money out to help, uh, I think, more than 6,000 pastors, more than 200 communities around the country. It was a massive work, and, and, and you know, God just helped us do it. Now, these pastors came now to say, thank you. Amen? So, what am I saying? God had a, has a purpose and has had a purpose for us as a church community. And one of that was when our nation needed help, we could do a little bit to help hurting people. You're not, you're not happy about that? <laughs> That's exciting. Amen? And looking forward, we, God has a purpose for us as a church community. There's so much more that we could do in this nation and around the nations. Amen? That's how we are called a world outreach. Now, most of the times, every church you go to, you say, all people's church. But our full name is all people's church and world outreach. It's a, we are going to reach, or we are reaching and serving not just our own nation, but beyond our nation. Amen? So God has a purpose, going back to the subject here. God has a purpose for us as a local church community, for us as an individual, for your family, for the church community. Now, the beautiful thing is this, that God reveals His purpose to us. See, God is not a God saying, hello, I've got a great dream for you, and I'm not going to tell you about it. What's the point? But God says, look, I've got a purpose for your life, and I want to share it with you. So God reveals His purpose to you and me. He reveals. One scripture that we could look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Uh, beautiful verses, verse 9. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, For things which eyes haven't seen, which ears haven't heard, which hasn't entered into the heart of man, such things as God prepared for those who love Him. Look at verse 10. But God has revealed them to us. By His Spirit. So God's prepared wonderful things. Of course, this applies to the church as a whole and also applies to you as an individual. That God has wonderful things planned for you. And I like to say this because, hey, you've not yet seen what God is going to do through you and me. What eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard, what man has not even imagined, such things God has prepared for those who love Him, such things God has prepared for you, that things which, you know, are going to startle your parents, hallelujah. They're going to startle all your friends. They say, like, I never imagined this could happen through you. Yeah, that's what's written in the Bible. What man has not imagined. Such things God has prepared for you. And so beautiful, He reveals them to us by His Spirit. He reveals. He shares that plan with us. He says, look, this is what I want to do. 
So all of us here as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, our goal is to live for God's purposes. We are ambitious in a right sense. That means we are ambitious to do what God wants us to do. And we are not ambitious to fulfill, pursue our own selfish interests. Now, some people are ambitious for that, but we are ambitious. We are determined for a good cause, to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. So we are those, that kind of people who um, our goal is to live for God's purposes. But also means that we must have a sense of divine purpose. So our first responsibility is to receive from God what He wants us to do. So we must actively ask God to reveal and guide you into His purposes for your life. Ask Him. Pray. Say, God, I know you're a God of plan and purpose. I know you fashioned me and designed me for that. Oh God, please reveal. Because your word says, you will reveal them to me by your spirit. So pray. That's our part, our responsibility. Ask God, God, please reveal to me. What, what do you want me to do? You know, back in those nine, nine, early 90s, when we preached, I should purposely tell young people, God has places for you to go. He has people He wants you to meet. He has lives He wants you to touch. He has messages He wants you to preach. He has things for you to do. He has cities He wants you to shake and nations He wants you to impact. And they all get excited, you know, yeah. But that is true. God has things. But you and I need to ask Him. God, reveal. Reveal that to us. And, you know, the Apostle Paul, he admonishes us in Ephesians 5.17, he says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. That means, you know, if I want to just put it in simple language, you say, hey, get to know what God's plan is. God's purpose. Get to know His purpose. Understand the purpose of God. Understand the will of God. And what he's saying, and I, I'm just saying this lovingly, he says, if you're not understanding, then you're being unwise. Just living life like that, oh, wherever life takes me, that's being unwise, being foolish. But instead, live with an understanding of God's will or God's purpose for your life. Live like that. Live with divine purpose. Have a sense of divine purpose. For your life. So, obviously, this also means, the what are the implications? God has a plan. God will reveal it. I need to find out. But th there is one more very important implication. The implication is, I must plan and pursue the purpose of God. Because the fact that God is interested in sharing that plan with you and me is for a purpose. He's sharing it with you and me so that we can co-labor with Him, cooperate with Him to see His purpose unfold. And so you and I have a responsibility to plan and pursue His purpose. Are you understanding? Otherwise, He can say, hey, I got a great plan for you. 
sit back, relax, enjoy the flight. It'll just happen. Don't worry. And that's not what he told us. He said, understand. Who? You and me. You understand what the will of the Lord is. Why must you and I understand? So that we can do something with it. So we can plan and pursue it. So that's what I want to spend time on both today and we will pick it up next Sunday and take it further. So that's the area I felt, you know, we really, really didn't talk to people about. And, you know, how do you go about breaking that down? How do you go about planning and pursuing the purpose of God for your life? And, um, um, and, and I just want to uh, break that down for us. And, you know, this, this beautiful scripture in Psalm 32, verse 8. God says, I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Now think of it. God is saying, I will teach you. I will lead you in the way you should go. I will guide you. But the, the next verse says, God says, don't be like the donkey. Don't be like the horse. So tell your neighbor in a nice way. <laughs> don't be like the donkey. Don't be like the horse. <laughs> In a loving way. They shouldn't get angry with you. <laughs> don't be like the donkey. Don't be like the donkey. Now, what's the problem with the donkey? You know, the donkey refuses to move. Very stubborn. It's stuck in one place. Very hard to move forward. The horse is running ahead. So you've got to restrain it. Hey, hold on. You know? So God is telling us, don't be like the donkey. Don't be like the horse. He said, I will instruct you. I will teach you. Meaning he's saying, look, I, I want you to come along with me. Don't stay behind me. Don't run ahead of me. Just come alongside me. I will instruct you. I will teach you. Amen? So, what I want to share with us now is on how to work on a life plan. That's the core of this message we're sharing today and we continue next Sunday. How to work on a life plan. Now, this is what I'm about to share with you. I'm just presenting it to you. This is not the 11th, 12th, and 13th commandments. Okay? It's not that. It's just something that I found useful in my life. And I'm sharing it with you as an example of how to plan and pursue the purpose of God. That's all. It's an example. I'm not saying you have to do the same thing exactly. If you, want to call, if you want to take it and replicate it, perfectly fine. But God is a God of variety, so He may lead you in a different way. He may give you different guidance. That's perfectly fine. I'm just sharing this example because I found that there was, this was a gap in the life of many of God's people. They believe God has a plan. They believe God has wonderful things, but hey, what do I do next? Well, here's an example of what you can do. So, back in 1993, and I was about 25 at that time, this was March of 1993, I sat down and on a piece of paper, I still have that piece of paper with me, I wrote down what I feel in my heart God wants me to accomplish 
in the next 10 years. I just wrote it down. Gabriel didn't come. Michael was not around. There, were no, there was no handwriting in the wall. There was no voice from heaven. Nothing. It was just what I felt in my heart. This is what I believe. God wants me to do. And this is what I will do in the next 10 years of my life. This included things like get married, move back to India, start a church, start a business, travel. Five things. I wrote it down. This is what I'm going to do the next five years, travel and preach. The next five years. So I'm going to go, in the next 10 years, I'm going to go back to India. I'm going to get married. I will um, uh, start a church in Bangalore City, start a business. I will also travel and share the gospel. I wrote it down. I have the paper with me still. And after 10 years, a little after, I look back, look at the paper and look back. And all of those things were fulfilled. All fulfilled. Now, once again, I want to tell you, it wasn't like some angel came and spoke to me. No, it was just, God, this is what I feel in my heart. I believe you want me to do. I'm going to do it. I put it down. So that really encouraged me. And then in 2010, this time, I had a nice Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> and... I did the same thing. I said, okay. But a little bit more courageous. Next five decades. This is what I feel God was going to help me do. I still have that spreadsheet with me. I look at it from time to time. But extended it for the next five decades. So the first time was just one decade. The next, next ten years. But now extended. And now it's been a little over ten years. I look back, and I'm seeing those things actually happening. So, I want to share that with you, right? That, look, this is something you can try. I'm not saying this is thus saith the Lord, or, you know, this is chapter and verse. I'm just saying, this is how you can break down this truth that God has a plan, God has a purpose for my life, and so... I'm going to plan for it, and I'm going to pursue it. And it'll be great. It's a great adventure as you look back and say, wow, it's happening. It's happening. And all of us can do it because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. You are God's sheep. You can hear his voice. Amen? So today we're going to start with a simple one. You know, we start with, you know, 101, and then next, next Sunday we'll go to 401, okay? But we start with 101, okay? Life plan 101, if you want to call it that. So let's assume you are a student, because student life is very simple. All you do is eat and sleep, and in between go to school and come. No, I'm just joking. You know, life is pretty simple as a student. So I want to share that with you first. Next week, we will add other components to this life plan, which will include, you know, your spiritual life, your personal 
life, your personal finances, your family, your children, your ministry. We'll add those components to this. But how can you build or write out a life plan? And this is something along the lines of what I did uh, in 2010. So you can write up a simple uh, chart like this. So let's assume you are a student and you feel the purpose of God for your life is to become a tech entrepreneur. That you're going to launch a tech startup and see it become successful and give a lot of money to church for missions. Not a bad idea. That's your purpose. Wonderful. Hallelujah. Okay? So let's assume that you are a student. All right? And that you feel in your heart, that's my purpose. Now, how will you do it? You're, you're asking God. You know, you're praying. So obviously, God's going to speak to you, and he's going to put it into your spirit. He's going to shape and form your core. Remember we said he fashions their hearts. I mean, he's going to, you know, he's going to be shaping you on the inside, and on the inside, as God is shaping you, you feel like, man, this is what I should become. This is what I should do in my life, because God is shaping you, fashioning you on the inside. And as you align and just pray, this is it. So now, what should you do? The first thing is this. You break the next eight to ten years in stages. So on the left column are those three stages. Now, this is only an example. You may break it further, or you may not do three. You may do two. Whatever, whatever you feel is right, okay? But then you break it on the stages. So the first stage is, you know, from where you are today, let's say it's going to take you another two years to finish your studies. So two years before you graduate. So that's your next stage. Then the stage that comes immediately after that would be your early career. So you feel like you need four years for that. So that's the next stage. And then the stage after that is when you're going to launch your tech startup. That, you know, somewhere in the next two to four years after your early career stage. So just you're leaving it as a window. Are you all with me so far? So you've broken the next 10 years into these three stages. Next 8 to 10 years. And again, you listen to the Lord. He will reveal. He'll show you. He'll guide you. So once you've done that, you need to have a plan. A plan is a very simple statement. This is what I'm going to focus on. I have the purpose, which is to be a tech entrepreneur. Now, what's the plan for each stage? Of course, in your current stage, the first stage, your plan is, hey, complete my studies and learn as much as possible for a future in tech. That's very simple. What would be your plan for the next stage, your early career stage? Hey, I want to gain some practical experience and understanding. I want to learn some best practices uh, in the industry, and I want to prepare myself for the launch. Learn how businesses are run, get some practical experience. And then for the next stage, when you're launching, that's the time the plan is launch the startup. You got a plan, but now you got to break it down. What are you going to pursue in order to accomplish the plan so that you can move towards the purpose? What are you going to pursue? Yeah, simple things. For this first stage, graduation, some of the things, pass all the exams, <laughs> take courses, 
in tech and business, be current with the developments in technology, maybe do an internship with a tech company. So these are specific things that I'm going to do that's going to help me in this plan to move in the direction of God's purpose for my life. So these are the things I'm going to pursue. For the next stage, when you're in your early career, what are the things you're going to do? Do well on your job. What are you going to pursue? Do well on your job. Read widely in tech and business across industries. Incubate ideas. Explore ideas. Uh, prepare for the launch, which means I may need to assemble a team of people that I can really work with or explore funding or even drop a business plan. Do that. Are you with me? Okay, now, what you are pursuing could be anything else. This is only an example of how you break down, break things down. You are pursuing God's purpose, but you have to have a plan and some specific things you're going to work on in order to see that plan fulfilled. Similarly, for the next phase, that's when, you, uh, when you're getting ready, for, when you're launching, you know, you'll work on, focus on developing a product, you will get up go to the market with that minimum viable product, maybe in two years, that's your plan. Maybe you will prepare to build and grow from there, etc. So think about this. There's only an example, as I said. I'm not saying everybody must do this exactly, no. But here's one way where when you get a sense of God's purpose for your life, you are intentionally planning and pursuing it on a day-to-day -day basis, and you've got a roadmap of where you're going, going to go. Now, what we will do next Sunday is expand this. Because let's say, you know, you're further along in your life's journey. You're married. You've got family. You've got children. You've got so, other things. So you, your life plan has to include all of that. So we're going to expand this and say, you know, how do you have, do the same thing now but you superimpose your personal spiritual life, or your personal goals, maybe for your health, your personal finances, or for your family, and especially if you are the head of the house, have a plan for your spouse and your children, uh, for the ministry. Now, we encourage all of us to be involved in serving God in some way, you know, either in the church or in the mission field or whatever, so for that as well. So you now have a life plan that addresses all the different areas of your life. This one is, we just looked at one area of life. So how do you draw up a life plan that addresses all these areas? We'll talk about that next Sunday. Amen? So make sure you come back. No, <laughs> just joking. Are you with me so far? So try it out. If you like to. I'm not compelling you to do this. I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm just sharing an example of what I have done and what I feel is working in my life. And so I'm just sharing that with you as an example. Try it out. Now, before we close, we have a big question. And some of us, we struggle with this because we know that we are dependent on God, on His grace. We are not gods. We are people. We have our limitations. We don't control everything. 
And so there are so many things outside our control. So then this big question is, is it right to plan? I want to address that very briefly. Because we can quote chapter and verse that will seemingly imply that, you know, you don't need to plan. So I'll just quickly run through a couple of passages. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. You know, James is saying, uh, come on up, guys, and I'll just paraphrase this. You know, today or tomorrow, you know, you're saying today and tomorrow we'll go to such and such a place, uh, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit. Pastor says, be a tech entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, you don't know what will happen tomorrow. Verse 14, what is your life? It's even like a vapor. It appears for a little time and vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So somebody can quote this passage and say, hey, why are you planning? Well, you've got to understand the context. Whom is James talking to? Start with verse 1 of chapter 4. He's talking to believers who are living for their own selfish pleasures. In fact, he rebukes them and he calls them, you adulterers and adulteresses. So James is addressing that kind of people. People who are living for their own selfish desires and who are engaging, uh, or they've become friends of this world and they've left their friendship with God. And he's rebuking these believers for that. And to such believers, he's bringing this admonition and saying, don't live so arrogantly, saying, I will do this and I will do that. No, but for you know what is good to do, you must do that. Or you can restate it like this. You know the purpose of God, you must pursue that. So understand the context of verses 13 to 17. He's addressing believers who are indulging in their own selfish pleasures in the world. And to them, he's saying, hey, guys, think about life. Don't live like that. You know, you know what is a good thing to do. Live for God's purpose. And if you don't do that, that is being sinful. I understand. So read the whole chapter. Don't pick a few verses in isolation. Same thing in Matthew chapter 6. We would... You know, we might sometimes quote Matthew 6, and 34. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about the things of its own self. You know, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So Jesus is talking about life and the things we live after, you know, all that we need, bear, eat, wear, drink, and so on. And so he says, don't worry about tomorrow. True. Don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't be anxious about these things. But he didn't say don't plan. And there's a difference between worrying and planning. There are a lot of people who worry and don't plan, and the people who plan and you can plan without worrying. These are two different things. So don't worry. That doesn't mean don't plan. You can plan. Just don't be worried. Commit your ways to the Lord. Another passage, sometimes we might use Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. You know, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean on on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So you see, the Bible says, don't lean on your own understanding. I agree with that 100%. The Bible did not say, don't use your own understanding. Use your understanding, but don't lean on us. Use your intelligence, but lean on God. Amen? Some of you are convinced, some of you are not. Okay. So, in closing, 
I want to just remind us of a few scriptures that encourage us to plan. Proverbs 4.26 teaches us to ponder our path. It says, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. It's interesting to read it in other versions. The contemporary English version says, know where you are headed and you will stay on solid ground. The Good News Bible puts it like this, plan carefully what you do and whatever you do will turn out right. The literal version puts it like this, study the track of your feet, then all your ways will be established. So ponder the path of your feet. The Bible teaches us to prepare for the future. In Proverbs 6, 6 to 8, the Bible points us to the ant. He says, look at the ant. It gathers the food in summer in order to prepare for the winter, for the harvest, prepare for the future. The Bible teaches us to have foresight. Proverbs 22, verse 3, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself. He's looking ahead and he takes uh, action in the light of what's up ahead. And lastly, you see the Apostle Paul himself planning with the help of the Holy Spirit. Worship team, please come. Uh, this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Paul says, when I was planning, did I do it lightly? Or the things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh? That there should be yes and no with me? So essentially saying, I plan with the help of the Holy Spirit as he was planning his missionary work and or what he was doing. So you see examples in the Bible. It's, God says, ponder, think ahead, be half foresight, plan. So, I'd encourage you. Have a sense of divine purpose. God has a purpose for my life. What is it? Ask Him. He will speak to you. And then as you begin to get a sense of that purpose, build a plan. Write up a plan and then intentionally pursue. Intentionally pursue working out that plan so that you can fulfill his purpose. And he's going to unfold. I'm not saying God is going to tell you everything, but he'll tell you piece by piece. And you follow him a step at a time along the way. Amen? Let's rise to our feet, please. We'll continue this next Sunday. We will uh, expand this life plan to include other areas, just to illustrate how do you do this uh, when you have more responsibility in life and, you know, you, you've got a plan for other areas of your life because God made you responsible for them. And then we'll talk about pursuing. Pursuit is very important because having a plan is good, but the plan's not going to work itself. You've got to work it. You've got to pursue it. So how do we pursue the plan and the purpose of God? Please take, let's all take some time. I recognize we're all in different seasons of life. But wherever, whatever season of life you are in, be assured of this. God has a purpose for you. You say, I may have only so many years ahead of me. God has a purpose in that. He can do something wonderful through you in the years, whatever years ahead of you. But if you just look up to heaven and say, God, 
You're my God. Show me what purpose you want me to pursue in the years that are before me. He's faithful. He will speak to you. He will guide you. He promised to do that. He will teach you. And you can live with a sense of divine purpose in the years ahead of you. You can look back and say how wonderfully God has led you, what all He does. Father, we just invite you to speak to our hearts. And hear every person here, God, however young or old, whatever stage in life, will be captured by this, a sense of divine purpose, knowing that you fashioned us, you made us for a purpose. Maybe journey with you, oh God, into those purposes. Maybe have the joy of seeing those things unfold. May life become a great adventure with you as we journey with you. No matter what the past, no matter what the present, we want to journey with you, oh God. Oh, 
Father, we just thank you for the hope that your word brings to us, God. Father, I pray right now for every person here that we will be encouraged in our hearts to know that you, oh God, have a plan for us. No matter what we've done, no matter, Lord, even if we have messed up and, and, and we've done things that we regret and things that we're ashamed of and God, sometimes we don't even understand what has happened in life. But we stand here today knowing that the God of heaven has a plan, has a purpose, and His purposes stand firm. That His purpose for each of our lives is established and will not be defeated, will not be altered or withdrawn. But God's plan for your life is certain. It's true. It will be fulfilled if you and I will just step in and say, Yes, Lord. And God is so great. He can do in a short time what may have taken a long time to be accomplished. So never mind the past. Never mind the regrets. Never mind the things of the past. Today, if you and I will step in, We will see everything God intended for our lives come to pass, being fulfilled. Because God can orchestrate things for you and me and bring it to pass. So be encouraged today. And you choose to position yourself in a place where you will live for His purposes for your life. And say, God, here I am. This day, this hour, I'm committing myself to live for your purposes. For what you have determined for my life, I'm here for that. I'm signing up, Lord, for your purposes for my life. Father, we pray for the empowering of your Holy Spirit on each and every one here, God, that we will be empowered by your grace, empowered by your Holy Spirit, guided by your word to do your will for our lives. God, we thank you that such a life will be so fruitful. Such a life will be a sign and a wonder to many. That such a life will cause people to stand amazed. Look what the Lord has done. People look at us and what you do in and through us. May they glorify you. May they say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. A tree of his planting that's bearing fruit and glorifying God. May each one of us be like that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Before we close, I wanted to take a moment to give an invitation. There's anyone here or anyone watching online you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior. The Bible tells us so clearly 
Each of us have sinned before God. Our sins have separated us from God because God is a holy God. But the good news is that Jesus Christ came into this world. He paid for our sins. He died for us. He rose up again. He's alive today. And the Bible says whoever believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. And if we receive Jesus, he makes us the children of God. Is anyone here? You never asked Jesus to wash your sins away. You've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, to your life. If you've never done this before, I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer. And if you feel like doing it this morning, say, yes, I, I want to do it. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Those of you watching online, if there's anyone there, you've never done this before. You've never asked Jesus to forgive you your sins and come into your life. But you feel this morning you want to do it. Just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God. And help me to follow you and you alone. The rest of my life. Give me purpose. Give me meaning and direction. For my life. I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Is there anyone here you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time? Let me see your hand, please. Anybody here? You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time in your life. Just wave your hand at me. Anybody here? Anyone? See your hand. Anybody here? Okay. I don't see any hand raised. Um, I'm assuming all of us here have already prayed and received Jesus. But in case, if there's anyone here, you did that for the very first time, little shy to raise your hand what we want to do is get a bag to you it's called the believers bag it's got a few resources in it that will help you in your spiritual journey on your way out on the exits there will be people waiting they'll have these bags with them just tell them i prayed that prayer i was a little shy to raise my hand it's okay uh, they'll give you that bag they'll just take your name and number and they'll give you that bag so please make sure you do that in case you did it for prayed with me for the first time we're going to close to speak the benediction. Uh, those of you who are visiting with us, we have a welcome lounge right at the back of the hall towards my left. Uh, there'll be people waiting to meet with you. So if you'd like to spend some time with us, get to know us, please do that. Uh, have a great time of meeting people. Let's close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.